Hi guys, welcome back to All About Sports, the podcast. And we are back again with a brand new episode. You're joined by a regular co-host, Rishabh, Mazar, Aniket, and myself, Shubham. But today we have a very special guest with us. We have Hiba Faki. Hiba, now to uh, quickly give all the viewers and um, listeners an introduction about Hiba. She uh, is currently in sponsorship executive at leading sports broadcasting company. She has done sponsorship manage. Uh, she was a sponsorship manager uh, at the ICC Cricket World Cup. Uh, was an assistant football coach at Diago Junior Football Academy, former marketing and media intern at Pune FC. Uh, she's done her master's in sports administration management uh, at Loughborough University and holds an AFCC license and AIFFD license in football. Hiba, that's, that's very impressive. That's a very impressive resume that you have there in terms of your academics, your certifications, and obviously your work experience. So I'll jump straight into it. Uh, I have done my undergrad in sports management. I did it from Coventry University. We know Mazar is also going, going to pursue his master's in sports management. So my question to you is, what got you excited in sports and what made you decide that, hey, this is the career I want to take up and this is the master's I want to pursue? So wh- what was that like, that germ, that the idea that got in your head and you were like, this is what you want to do? So um, I think when I just started off, it was because of my passion for playing football and I genuinely just wanted to continue playing earlier. I hadn't thought too much about working in the industry or anything of that sort. I just enjoyed the sport and continued playing it. And at one point when you had to make your career decision and career choices, I think at that point, it just seemed like the obvious next step. And also I think um, the first experience where I felt the need for more people to study sport management and be in the administration field is uh, when I went for my first school nationals. So I was in the ninth grade at that time and the conditions were just so bad and it was really like we were just under 17 at that time and we played our first um, school nationals and the facilities were really below poor as well. And I think at that point, I felt like there has to be some way to make a difference. So I think um, the main aim is to kind of try and make a difference towards the sport management in India, and especially towards the women's side of sport. So did you play football professionally? So in India, women's football is uh, not really professional. I've played at the highest level possible in India, which is the IWL, the national league which is called the Indian Women's League but it's not um, throughout the year so you have to kind of um, do something else other than just playing football. I think in a lot of countries it's still semi-professional and in India as well it's a semi-professional sport. You know one thing which I find like really cool about what you've done is um, your football license that you have. So I have for me this is personally like I think my first ever interaction with a person who has an AIFF and AFC license so I think that's really cool. And for all our viewers and listeners, like, can you give them an insight into what, what is the process of obtaining the license? And once you obtain the license, what are the sort of roles you can uh, apply for or you can like, possibly work in? So, yeah, you start with a AIFFD license. That's the first license that you're supposed to acquire. I think in a lot of states, they've also introduced an e-license, which is new. It wasn't there when I first did my D license. So it's a very, um, E as well as D is a very basic course where it's more about theory. And um, if you play the sport, then it's quite easy to obtain. 
they usually um, pass almost everyone who has a little bit of football knowledge and is able to you know do a little bit of the practical side as well as the theory so there are two parts obviously the theory and the practical but a practical is uh, very basic for the d license at least and um, that would be the first step every state association has these courses they if you look on the website or yeah probably on the aiff website as well they do give out the dates for when uh, they're going to have the courses you'll have to start with a d uh, license which is a five day course and um, yeah it's pretty quick you just have to do five days of um, the module and then you give an exam in the end which is one practical and one theory and then you get your results in a month or so and after you've practiced a little bit of coaching at this point for the d license you don't need a prior experience but for a c license you need a little bit of experience and the practical is a bit more tougher the lesson plans and the theory part is, is still um, doable it's not that difficult but i think for the practical if you don't have the experience in coaching it's a bit difficult so ideally like a year a year and a half of uh, experience and then applying for a c license after the c there's a b and an a as well but again you need to um, finish like certain amount of coaching before you apply for b and then a similarly so so once you uh, once you got a d license at what level were you allowed to coach or you're eligible to coach at so a lot of academies as well as you know like uh, soccer schools don't have a requirement as such like you can coach with a d license or you can coach even without a license if you have the knowledge but uh, i think at the higher levels of clubs you do require a minimum license and uh, usually for like isl i league the top tier clubs you require at least an you need like an a license and uh, maybe for an assistant coach or for the national women's team c license works so with the c license i could coach the national team by national i mean I the state team not india no i think all of us look forward to seeing you become a coach hopefully for the indian women's team just just to put this out there i think you are the first person who's a who has coached someone with a coaching license like most coaches <laughs> you know don't have any form of license they're just there magically they have been there for 8 years so i'm like no. oh, okay the prep for this course the first time i knew about the license to be honest i didn't know about this licensing process to be honest so this is good to know and learn about <laughs> i remember when i used to play as well there was uh, there were barely any people that actually had a license like my own head coaches didn't have any license but it's changed a lot like in the past few years and recently with isl becoming so big and you know the requirement for those top tier teams it's just pushing people to start with courses also they're more uh, readily available now i think the number of courses that are happening has increased so it's easier to get it hey are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started Well when we first began we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms. and graphs your performance across countries age groups and platforms 
That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Now back to the pod. Which actually reminds me and brings me back to what Gui mentioned about the coaches, the first coach that we met who actually has a license. And that reminds me of the previous episode where he had done with Zoheb Khan. And in that, he mentioned that one of his coaches said, have some farsan because he was cramping up and at half time. So we definitely needed this. We definitely needed this, especially the practical aspect. Because how can you offer someone farsan when they're cramping? Like there's no logic to it. So they all just brought me back to that. Offering farsan to an athlete in itself is a crime, but okay. We'll, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> so, so Hiba, actually my question was slightly different to do with what um, you work in, which is sponsorship, right? So yeah. my question was, um, you have had like an insight into what the sponsorship world is like, which, well, to be honest, kind of is in the background for most people um who are following sports i mean at the age of 13 14 15 you are not really aware that a lot of money has to be put in to make an event successful so i wanted to throw some light on if there is some of course there is uh, a slight difference in attitude towards uh, all of the sports in terms of how companies would want to or not want to sponsor an event but is it very evident when you are uh, trying to garner sponsorship, uh, do you see it happen very regularly? Like brands would, you know, very upfront tell you that, no, listen, we're not sponsoring XYZ sport. We are willing to sponsor say A and B. Yeah, for sure. Like I think uh, in India, obviously it's cricket over any other sport, not even cricket and football. It's cricket, which is a different league altogether. And um, it did like all sports, cricket leagues practically sell themselves. You don't really need to try very hard. It's more about negotiation when it comes to cricket, like how much you would actually close the deal on, but it's not difficult to get a sponsor to invest. It's just how much money you can get from that sponsor. So cricket, like obviously because of the viewership and how big the sport is in our country, it's very easy to, you know, get sponsors and almost any, Anyone who has a little bit of budget for sponsorship in sport wants to spend it on cricket. But uh, yeah, like there are other sports which now a lot of companies are looking at investing in. But it's not in the same league as cricket. But then that would be like football and Kabaddi is doing pretty well as well. Um, The last few years it had grown a lot and there were a lot of um, sponsors that wanted to invest in Kabaddi. the market was kind of different for Kabaddi. It's more of uh, rural India and that kind of stuff. So there are companies that want to target that market. So they do invest um, in Kabaddi and other sports, but it's not the same as um, the investment we get in cricket. So Hiba, Hiba, are you saying that a T10 cricket league is uh, higher on the priority list than, say, a badminton league? Um, it's not fair to compare 
the two but cricket i by cricket i meant like probably an ipl and you know in general the professional cricket leagues and probably india matches and things like that i think the state leagues that have just started off like karnataka and tamil nadu and all have started their own state premier leagues as well so those aren't doing as well as probably an ipl and they're still struggling to get sponsors because it comes down to viewership at the end of the day so as a sport in total i would say definitely cricket over a badminton or any other sport like that and another thing i'm so sorry guys i'm just trying to follow up that question because uh, again most young kids who follow a sport don't really know that sponsorship is super key in making an event happen so i want to know if you ever faced a situation where a sponsor backed out you know very deep into the planning and that's had like an immediate impact on the event like may not be a cancellation but you you know that the facilities are now not as stocked as they should be or you know you you're playing in a different stadium or a different area you're playing with slightly less in the reserve tank for spending on certain additional marketing activities but how, and how do you think that impacts the event so maybe not at a very high level um but at definitely smaller leagues and private leagues and um you know college tournaments and i've worked in helping and organizing all these as well so it would definitely have an immediate impact there because uh, your whole budget for the event comes through sponsorship money so in such a case if you had a sponsor pull out last minute then it would definitely affect um, your expenses but at a higher level where you uh, kind of have the league running despite of the sponsors so you do go into a loss if you don't get that sponsor but you'd still have you know the league happening as you had planned it but sure it would make a difference at the end of the day if a sponsor which is giving you like a high amount of money does back out at the same time other than the monetary value we also have like a lot of um, you know barter deals along with the money that comes in so say a pouring partner backed out or something like that so we've had uh, you know cases where you expect to get a partner and then when you don't close it and usually most of the signings happen just before the league starts so you are kind of hopeful till the very end and then when it doesn't happen you just realize that you know there's a lot more expenses that you have to take into account that you didn't thinking about it you know how drastically it would uh, impact if you don't have a plan b that event is gone for a toss <laughs> yeah for sure like you I, have to take into account the fact that it is possible that you might not get that money no he eva this this completely makes sense and sorry to keep keep harping on the kind of money front i did have a slightly slightly different question i guess more specifically to indian football since uh, i'm sure you're super passionate about the the football scene in india uh, as well as i'm sure globally as well but i did want to ask you we we have this conversation a little bit about the kind of circular nature of sponsorship right we kind of say like you know in order to get more eyeballs you need more money so it's more exciting viewership maybe you can get in you know bigger players and then the more money will come in so it's kind of like a circular loop that we kind of have i do want to ask from the context of indian football how you see if you have any insight into how teams are doing you know with the isl coming in kind of this new format that is with isl and the i league we do know that some indian football teams kind of struggle we've seen historically like some i league teams have to kind of drop in and out depending on how much they're able to pay are you seeing more of an excitement or investment in isl and i league sponsors being more likely to 
maybe come on we've seen a little bit more celebrity but is there more genuine excitement to um chip in with it i, I understand it's not at the same scale as ipl but is there some positivity in that area or is it just like famous people there but maybe not so much sponsorships uh, no for sure like a lot of uh, clubs are doing well as well so uh, if you look at bangalore chennai um kerala like they managed to sell almost every spot on their jersey year in and year out and they do have a lot of uh, local companies as well that want to you know invest whether it's barter deals or just jersey sponsorships or whatever kind of sponsorships they're doing so it's definitely grown a lot over the last few years and especially since the introduction of ISL because like you mentioned it's a whole cycle so what happened with ISL coming in was um they did have that money finally to invest into you know indian football which we didn't have probably before that so um a lot of people might argue that it is very commercial and you know it's not very authentic football like you said you put in play money you get players from abroad and you get those and that's how you get the money into the sport so you get your sponsors and you increase your eyeball so i think it has worked really well and there's definitely been an improvement in the last few years in terms of interest from sponsors and in general like i think you can also look around and realize that there is talk about indian football which probably wasn't there when we were younger we didn't know that the indian football team was playing particular matches or just in terms of awareness as well i think it has helped the only memory i have from from school of indian football is a lot of like some of mohan bagan i always remember being excited about but barring that i can't remember tracking indian football super closely so i can yeah. completely sympathize with that isl brought in a bit more excitement at the very least um, and and so hopefully few more eyeballs yeah so heba wanted to come back to your strong suit per se women's football what has been firstly what was your experience like of playing football in the uk and then playing back here obviously as well and how would you let's say compare the two and how far off is india in terms of let's say not only in terms of facilities the amount of money being pumped in but also in terms of skill levels and uh, just the competition in general in both the countries so i did play for my uh, university team while i was in lafpra they had four women's teams which played in different divisions i played in the second division and uh, just like from the moment i uh, reached the campus and i realized that there were four women's teams it was just overwhelming right from then and here where you struggle to get like one team in like a school of 2000 girls it's like such a good change and at the same time it made me really nervous because i was like oh my god now i've played at such a high level in india and what if i come here and you know like i don't even make it to the team because you've heard all this about how the level of football is so much better and obviously they've started playing since they were much younger i started playing only when i was like 14 so i think that's a pretty late start for a footballer as most people would say but uh, yeah i did manage to make it to the second team and i did play at the second division so i think in terms of skill of course there's a lot of difference because uh, they prioritize a lot of things say like um, gym sessions nutrition and those aspects that we are lacking in but without all that uh, i think in terms of the talent that we have in both the countries would be at a similar level i wouldn't say that um, they have more talent than uh, the indian footballers it's just that they are given a lot more uh, facilities that we are not 
so it does practically come down to that also they start playing at such a young age so one is having competitive matches all the time right from when you're in school playing with boys while you're growing up all that makes a lot of difference to the skill but at the end of the day i think if you take indian footballers and give them the same you know facilities and the same kind of um nutrition as well as gym sessions and all that while they are growing up as well i think um in terms of skill and talent i think they would be at the same level but um definitely the experience of playing there was um very different i really enjoyed it i was very nervous in the start and um i probably affected my performance as well because i was so like conscious all the time about like how i'm playing at this level and how everyone you know is probably better than you are and also adapting to the cold climate was very difficult for me i remember i just gone back and i think three or four days into reaching a uh, laughter i had my trials and i was freezing it was like early in the morning and i was like had all layers possible on i had my gloves i had tights i had like a sweatshirt and everyone's just there so casually and like they take off their sweatshirts before warm up and i'm like i can't do this like my toes were frozen when i had to go take this corner kick and i was like i i'm pretty sure i'll break my toes if i try and kick it so it did take some adapting and getting used to but overall i think the season was great and i love the format and like i mentioned they have divisions even when it comes to university football here we in india we don't even have youth leagues like the national league is only for an open category boys at least have youth leagues right from the age of like under 8 under 10 under 12 under 14 under 16 in women's we don't have any age categories all district tournaments and all are open you don't have youth leagues for iwl you don't have youth leagues at any level probably just school tournaments and then you know when you're playing or representing um your state then you have the youth leagues but it's not a club there's no like club football as such for girls so the player pathway i think for um girls is very different like there's a big gap boys at least have that opportunity so here if you are in a school which doesn't have a women's football team like what are you going to take part in just probably a district or a nationals which comes once in the year and like we know the camps aren't very long the, the training isn't that great so there's a lot of individual work that you'll have to do so i think that was one um, major gap that i see also like they have so many teams and so many divisions so divisions are far off you know, i think like first what india needs is probably a proper player pathway with a lot of youth leagues you know for the girls so right from when they're growing up to doesn't matter which school they're in or college they're in they should have the opportunity to continue playing and there should be like a proper progression and i think um even the whole, they had like this whole home and away format while i was in uk so coming back to that that was um definitely a great experience like every wednesday is a bucks game which is the university game so every wednesday you have a game and it's in a home and away format so you travel to different um, universities that are in the same division and um there are no lectures that happen on wednesday usually because it is the day for like sport for all universities and i think just that whole culture is so great like no matter what sport you play most of them happen like they have specific days for which sport you play so you go to that university and they host you for that particular game and every university there has like great facilities and 
obviously they all vary like some might have a great pitch some might have like a great dressing room and all those things were very foreign to me because i mean the only thing that we play is probably like once a year and it's um aiff or you know the state that puts you up so obviously the money there is more but it's uh, you know set up right from the beginning so that home and away format of playing was also a lot of fun like i enjoyed it thoroughly like going as a team in the team bus to another district another county city playing there and then traveling back after the game as a team it was definitely great iba you just i think it's time for me to switch my campus <laughs> i think it's time for me to switch my campus for sure but uh, this was really insightful iba awesome just one more question to add to this don't you think considering the fact that you know you said we have the talent and yes we lack in terms of of course uh, climate is a big big factor as well we're not used to that weather and these people walk in in their shorts and half sleeves and they're like as if there's like no problem in that pouring rain also at times it, and we all know how uk weather is but coming back to that don't you think that this is a great opportunity for maybe scouts to come in and find these indian women's players find some funding for them and send them to play in some of the european leagues there like try at least go for those tryouts maybe have those three month trials and where they can potentially you know make it don't you think that that would be another great avenue going forward for women's football as well if it can't develop at the grassroots level yeah for sure but that's what i'm saying that it needs to i think age is like a big factor when it comes to um picking up talent so like if we had like a better structure that would definitely help because here you don't know what tournaments are going to happen at the start of the year you don't know when the tournaments are going to happen as an individual and as a player you don't you can't train throughout the year obviously you're going to get lazy at some point your body's going to need rest at some point and also you need that motivation you need something to look forward to so like personally as well like it's only when we realize that there's a tournament that you start working out and then you you know start training and things like that and it, and the thing is like we only get to know very last minute like even nationals tryouts and i've got like two days notice to come to bombay for a nationals tryouts and um it's like that in most states and at least when you're younger as well it's not like you have that much information here now that we know most of the people and you're connected and you know you know who to follow up with and who to call and who to ask in advance even then in advance means you'll still know probably a couple of weeks in advance not more than that so how do you set up like this whole structure where you have uh, scouts coming in from across the country and how do you get the players to like be at that level at that point when the scouts are coming in is that's what the tough part is and i'm sure like i'm not saying it's impossible to do but i'm saying there's definitely like some more work that needs to be done and even now if without anything you do manage to get um some kind of scouts and some kind of people looking into how um the girls in india are performing i'm sure that there, there is some kind of talent as well here and i know like for a lot of countries it's also a visa thing that becomes an issue of like you know getting players to play for that or play in that particular country so that's something that is another barrier obviously and yeah mainly i think that it's not impossible but it definitely needs like some work on our end as well to make that happen yeah 
it's not the you know this it's not a movie you can't do a million dollar arm for football <laughs> it's not happening uh, unfortunately enough and even if i don't think if it happened it would be a fortunate thing to begin with because you need more structure but he was just to clarify because it this kind of blows my mind you're saying that even if your school does have a women's um, like girls football team the best like aged category you're getting is up to under 15 so any any girl over the age of like say 15 or 17 in some schools is going to have to play in a senior tournament is that what you um yeah i think there is like now after i've stopped playing there is been like um the khelo india which was introduced which is at yeah. a university level plus like zps happen and like the school tournaments happen which is inter school where you represent your school when you're in 11th 12th and like university as well there are university like inter university that happens which is like west zone and all four um states like all states in that particular zone play a tournament and then there's an all india which happens so like for maharashtra they would come in the west zone there's a north south and and east zone so each um zone has their tournament and then there's an all india tournament so there is one thing that happens through the year but for that again like you said after your 16 17 you have to go to a college that has a football team like a girls football team or say a good level at least if you want to continue playing otherwise uh, then you play at a senior level which is an open category it is funny it is such a big contrast now that i think especially when i since coming here i mean i'll be honest and i and i can probably take some blame for this is that, you know i didn't really follow women's football as in india and it's funny when you move to the us because you have people like Megan Rapinoe and Abby Wambach and Alex Morgan who are really so championed in the US and and credit because I mean the the US women's team is so dominant whereas um there probably just is I think we can all do more I can totally take blame in India I don't follow you know Indian sports and it probably starts with like you said an all round effort to start like you know increasing increasing viewership to it but if I didn't want to ask you you know you talk a little bit about your background with coaching um as well as working in sponsorship so you've kind of tackled you you've been on the playing side coaching side you've also been on the sponsorship side and you talked a little bit about how your motivation is kind of bringing in the facilities and infrastructure um to indian players uh, women men's across the you know across the across the span of sports in india where do you kind of want to go next what are the areas you want to tackle are you looking to maybe get a you know a additional licensing in coaching are you looking to maybe broadening how sponsorship works what are some of your views for you know things that you'd like to um, expand on in india things you'd like to work on in india okay serious questions now <laughs> reflect on my future <laughs> oh it's not a job yeah, interview so to... open it <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we're, we're on team he by if we can help in some way we'd be happy to as well <laughs> it's more for it's more for us as well in a way where we are trying to get some enlightenment to find a way right and because now we have a platform so we're trying to use it <laughs> and it's also like we're trying to learn because we also want to like you know you know grow sports in india and we don't really like we're kind of saying we say that and we we kind of say that but we don't know exactly what you know you're in the space to kind of know what are the areas specifically so more broadly just that uh, i think uh, coaching was just like something i wanted i know like the whole process of getting all your licenses takes a really long time because like i mentioned you need to have like a gap between each license to have like certain work experience and like a little bit of coaching experience it's not like i could tomorrow decide that i want to become a coach and i'll finish all my a license in a year or two years like getting a degree you know 
so i know it's going to take some time so that's why ideally i started with the d license and uh, you know did my c license but i think coaching there's still some time for that like i did it for a short period i enjoyed it for sure but i think uh, i just want to play for a few more years at least and um, so definitely i think continuing and playing for a few more years as much as i can at like the national like representing your state as well as iwl that is um what i want to do and uh, in terms of work uh, yeah for sure like i feel like there's still a lot of aspects and areas in which i can probably um help in developing the sport so i think um especially women's football i haven't um done enough in terms of what i feel like i can do so i definitely want to um see what like you said that you don't know exactly what to do to help you know so i think um in terms of there's still like at whatever level i can the clubs that i play for and the people i know personally when they require say some kind of money for to run women's clubs try and get them sponsors and you know um help out in whatever way i can but ideally to do something way bigger than that you know like probably you know figure out a way to you know to make a difference and talk about all the shortcomings that i was mentioning earlier having clubs give better facilities to girls as well try and fill those gaps and develop the women's women's football way more we definitely need that so thank you <laughs> that's a good that's a great thing to work on it's definitely something we we need for sure <laughs> so finally just to wrap up hiba one last question who is yeah. the one footballer who one woman, women's footballer in india maybe that you you would say is the one to watch out for or someone sh- or some people should keep an eye on and in general who is your footballing inspiration it if man or women or women doesn't really matter so those two things and then we can just wrap up it's really hard to pick one i don't really have like one favorite as such and okay in- heba which position do you play i think based on that i think that then we can target that question accordingly I, help I you find right who wing. you are inspired by <laughs> i play right wing but yeah like oh. i think it- Okay. In terms of like in Indian footballers, at least I think the like Bala Devi was one person that was um, great. She is actually playing in the uh, in UK right now. So um, from the Indian women's team, definitely um, she would stand out. And um, I think like uh, I did work on the under seventeen that took place in um, India as well before the World Cup. What they had done was they organized this tournament with four. girls teams and i think i saw a few girls that i had never seen play before and there were quite a few girls that were playing so well and uh, i can't remember all their names because i don't know them personally but like uh, avika and uh, she's from delhi some girl and i don't know any of these girls personally but there were definitely like two three players that were so great to look at and even i'm sure like the national team as well has a lot of players i'm just not able to pick one <laughs> Okay, my Ronaldo or Messi? Hiba, finally. <laughs> That's why Shubham. I feel like this question was going to come <laughs> because you didn't pick a favorite, so I had to put you on the spot. Yeah, exactly what I mean. Like I cannot pick one. I don't get how people are like one player is better than the other. Like they're both great. 
like ronaldo it's not about sure. better it's about favorites it's not about better i think um ronaldo like i think cuz i followed him right from Let's go. Um, while i was growing Eva, up you become my favorite football coach now now that you said <laughs> if if you can tell those are the two united fans by the way if you couldn't tell already <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think I followed him right from when I just started playing football, and I think uh, in the start I was like I felt like you know he wasn't that great, but for sure like the amount of hard work that quickly he quickly cover in, up, quickly cover up, quickly cover up. <laughs> the amount of hard work he put in, and in general, like I've been following him, even though I don't watch a lot of football anymore, I've just seen like how much he's grown as a player, and even at that level, there's still scope to like grow and become better. So it's Kind of been great, but Messi is great too. Like I like the style of football he plays, where it's more like you know, passing, and he's definitely very talented. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Hiva, firstly, thank you so much for sharing all these insights about, uh, let be, your time in the UK, the football experience, all these certifications that you've got, and obviously everything that you're doing in the sports industry. It's it's absolutely mind blowing. So, thank you for that. um to all our viewers and listeners please do share like comment subscribe you'll know the drill also please hit the bell icon in youtube so that you all uh, are notified for every episode that drops and thank you so much hiba it was a pleasure thank talking you. to you we shall see you guys again next week with an all new episode bye take care